Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Amen. Well, who's ready for some word this morning? Praise God. You know, it's always an exciting thing to open the word of God. You know, we, when, when we open the word of God, I want you to get used to this idea, if you're not already, that when you open this, it's listen. You know, God's talking to you. When, when you open your Bible, God's talking to you. And, and some people say, well, God never speaks to me. If you read your Bible, he does. Maybe you're not listening. Maybe you're not paying attention. Maybe you're not hearing. But if you're opening your Bible, God is speaking to you. And you need to, need to learn to listen and understand that. Because, you know, too many times we're looking to hear an audible voice booming out of heaven. And, uh, you know, I know that happens sometimes, but that's not the norm. That's not what normally happens. You know, I've been, uh, you know, I'm 62 years old, and I have been uh, saved since I was seven. And so that's a long, long time. And I have yet to hear the audible voice of God. Would I like to? Sure. I'd, I'd love to hear the audible voice of God. But I have a more sure word of prophecy, which is what Peter said. We have a more sure word of prophecy, and that is that we have the word of God in written form. And God is speaking to us whether we hear an audible voice or not. And, and you probably are not going to. If you do, you know, be, be excited about that, be thrilled about that. But you haven't heard, uh, you haven't, you know, heard anything more authoritative than what I've heard. I've heard God speaking from the pages of his written word. And that is as authoritative as you can get. Praise God. Praise God. And so, you know, today we are continuing what we started with last week, um, talking about uh, seeing the new, and then I added a subtitle to this, uh, Catching Your Breath, which you'll understand a little bit later. But how many of you have felt like 2020 has just knocked the breath out of you, just knocked the wind out of you, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like that all the time, but I, I have had moments that I've felt like that. 
during this year. Like, like you know, the wind was just, just knocked out. How many of you have ever, ever experienced that physically? Where, you know, where, where you just got the wind knocked out of you. And you couldn't catch your breath. And, you know, God is breathing today into you. He's breathing life into you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, when God created man from the dust of the earth, the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Praise God. Then, later on, after Jesus uh, went to the cross, was raised from the dead, he's walking on the road to Emmaus, and he encounters some disciples there, and he comes near, and he begins to talk with them. And the Bible says this, says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, you know, I want you to just have those, those things in your mind as we talk today, that God is breathing breath where the wind's been knocked out of you. Praise God. And... Um, you know, I, I shared this word last week that uh, I, I heard from a, uh, a trusted prophetic voice uh, that, that made this statement and said, when you're in the middle of a storm, don't look for a new prophetic word. When you're in the middle of the storm, remember what God said before the storm. Because it's still true. You know, God didn't say something and then, you know, my pastor used to always say this. He used to say, one thing God has never said is, uh-oh. You know, he, he, he's never said that because nothing ever took him off guard. You know, when, when God spoke a, a word, a prophetic word, when he spoke through his written word... You know, God knew all along exactly what was going to happen in 2020. And he said it anyway. That's because it's true anyway. It's true regardless, you know. In the, and and I, I came into the end of, of last year and into the beginning of this year, and I started talking about 2020 being a great year. And you know what? I still believe 2020 is a great year. Praise God. Now, why is 2020 a great year? It's a great year because heaven's agenda is being advanced. Now, a lot of people don't know what heaven's agenda is, so they wouldn't know if it's being advanced or not. But heaven's agenda is being advanced, and God has a plan, and 2020, in hindsight, some things will be accomplished in this year that... Uh, that needed to be accomplished that, you know, we are so blinded by all the conditions and circumstances in our world today that we, sometimes we can't see that heaven's event, uh, agenda is being advanced. We can't see what's going on, but God, is, God never stopped His agenda. He never stopped doing what He was doing, praise God, and he's moving some things forward, and we're going to see some things today. I want to read this prophecy that I shared right at the end of, in fact, it was the, the last Sunday in 
2019. I, I shared this prophetic word, and then I elaborated on it. I, I shared it again last week. I read it again, and I want to read it again today and talk about it just a little bit so that we can begin to, to see and I want you to open your eyes and see that God's doing something. He's doing something vital, something very important. Praise God. But here's what the Lord gave me, the word that, that I shared in, in, uh, at the end of 2019. Uh, it says, I has not seen nor, and ear has not heard the things that I have prepared in Christ. But I am opening spirit eyes to reveal to this me generation the way things look through the lens of the cross. For I say, this generation that shall arise will care less about what's in it for me and will seek what's in it for me, God. And then he says, and because... They seek the expansion of my house. All that is mine will be accessible as they have need of it. I will give them an open-ended expense account, for they will not ask amiss to consume it upon their lust as previous generations have done. But I shall ask, what shall I give you? And they shall answer, Give us souls. And because they have not asked for wealth and power, I will respond as I did to Solomon. I will give them wealth and power. I, uh, or I will, no, I skipped a line there and read, read the same line twice, so it didn't make sense. Let me back up and read that last sentence again. And because they have not asked for wealth and power, I will respond as I did to Solomon. I will give them wealth and influence. If it were possible that anything could be difficult for me, it would be difficult for me to make them wealthy because they would spend it all on souls. But they will be accused by the selfish and greedy of chasing after money, but it will not be true. Did I not say... In Proverbs 13, 22, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. For those who will do justly with it. And did I not say, in Proverbs eleven twenty five, the generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. But if in hearing the word of this prophecy, you were attracted to, to the talk of wealth, it's not you to whom I speak. I now have a word for you. Repent. Change your mind, and I will grant you repentance that you too may be a part of the me generation. You see, God is raising up a generation, and I've been saying this for a long time now, that God is going to use people that we never thought he could use. You see, we've looked with judgmental eyes. And notice what he said. He said, this generation is going to look through the lens of the cross. And when you look through the lens of the cross, things look differently. When we look with natural eyes, 
we're looking with judgmental eyes. And judgmental eyes see people that have flaws, see people that have issues in their life, see people that have things that are, that are wrong and not right in their life, and they judge and say, this person can't be used, God can't use that person, can't use this person, can't use, you know. And God says, don't presume to tell me who I can use. And when we look through the lens of the cross, when we're seeing through the lens of the cross, we're seeing the finished product because that's what God sees. God sees a finished product. He doesn't see the, the momentary circumstances. That's why God says 2020 will be a great year because he sees through the lens of the cross. He sees the end from the beginning. He sees what he has purposed because when God purposes something, it's as good as done. Praise God. And when, if it is as good as done, see, and, and we're seeing the way things look with natural eyes right now. We're seeing the problem. We're seeing the issues. We're seeing, but see, God is dealing with the issues. God knows how to take care of the issues. He knows how to take care of the problem. And he did it in Christ. Praise God. Praise God. So from God's perspective, it's already a finished work. It's already an established thing. It's already done. Now, when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, excuse me, this, this is not the day of Pentecost. Uh, I'm, I didn't say that correctly. Um, sometimes my mind gets going too fast. And uh, so anyway, Acts chapter 3, verse number 17. This is after the day of Pentecost. He says, yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. Verse number 18, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ would suffer, he has fulfilled. So all the things, we talk about it being a finished work, all the things that was prophesied that Christ would suffer, he has fulfilled. He's not fulfilling, he has fulfilled. He has suffered already. He's not going to suffer again. He has fulfilled it. Now, get this. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 Let's continue reading here. He says, Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. This phrase, times of refreshing, from the Greek, um, this word simply means this, recovery of breath. That is what we're talking about today. Recovery of breath. Times of refreshing, the literal translation of the word from the Greek, it means recovery of breath. So if you feel like 
the wind has been knocked out of you. Here's the instruction that he gave. He said, um, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of his prophets that Christ would suffer, he has fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, that recovery of breath may come from the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Breathe in right now. Just breathe in deep. Praise God. You're recovering your breath. From a difficult year, from a challenging year, from a year that has knocked the wind out of you, you are recovering your breath. Times of recovery of breath may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. I want you to get this. Let, let's, let's connect these scriptures together, okay? Here we go. For 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, that phrase at the beginning of that, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Let's look at the message translation, how it translates that. Every part of scripture is God breathed. Want to recover your breath? See what God said in the scriptures. He said the scriptures are God breathed. Amplified says it this way, all scripture is God breathed. Praise God. It's not something I just made up. Praise God. That's literally what it is translated as. All scripture is God breathed. Praise God. And when you open your Bible, let God breathe into your lungs the recovery of breath. Praise God. Now, Acts chapter 3, we're there. Let, let's continue to read. He's talking about times of refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Now, here's what he says. Verse 20. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive, who's reading along, who's reading along, go ahead and raise your hand if you're reading along with me, praise God, why aren't the rest of you reading along, you know, you, you need, I'm giving you scripture reference, you need to be reading along, you need to bring your Bibles to church, you need to bring a, a device that has a Bible on it or something, and when we give scripture references, you need to read along, otherwise, I could just make stuff up and you wouldn't know. You need to read along, okay? So I've given you a couple minutes here, so I hope you're reading along now. All right, here's the deal. He says, let's start verse 20 again. He says, and that he, God, may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until... Did you see that? Heaven must receive until. 
until implies that something is going to change about the previous statement. Heaven must receive Jesus Christ until something happens. Until a certain time. And I made this statement the other day that many Christians have been more interested in God's calendar than in his commission. Really quiet on that. Many Christians are more interested in God's calendar than they are in his commission. Oh, Jesus, come hurry, fast, hurry. When are you coming? When's Jesus coming? How much talk have we heard about when Jesus is coming back? Jesus said he's coming back. And so many people spend so much time searching the scriptures, trying to find out when Jesus is coming back, and they forget all about what they're supposed to be doing in the meantime. Jesus did not say, search the scriptures to find out when I'm coming back until I come. He said, occupy until I come. There's a job that we need to be doing and we need to be occupied with doing that job until he comes. Praise God. Not until it gets close and then we just give up and start watching the sky. That's what a whole lot of Christians are doing, you know. They're sitting around Oh, look at that cloud. I, I, that looks like Jesus coming. Oh. I better take a quick picture of that and post it on Facebook in case somebody's not ready. That will convince them. He said, Occupy. Stay busy at what I gave you to do until I come. Praise God. Now, he says, heaven must receive him until times of restoration of how many things? Of all things. Until the time of restoration of all things. Does, does all mean all, as in everything, or is all defined as Everything that fits within this definition. You know, if I, if I said, you know, all of you are seated. Well, I'm talking about all of you in this room. I don't know if the people that are watching online are seated or not. They heard, what I, they heard I said all, and they might say, I'm standing. Well, everybody in this room is seated. And so all has a defined parameter. But let's see if all means all here. Here he goes. He says, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which, the next word there, which, tells us that he's about to define all what? You know, what, what all things is he's talking about. He says, which... God has spoken 
by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. Now, see, you might be able to come up with some things and say, oh, God's going to restore all things, all things. So whatever, you know, uh, has happened in the past and things that have been going on in your life, well, God's going to restore it because the Bible says there's going to be a restoration of all things. Well, does it fit in with the definition that he, that he said here, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets? Is the thing you're thinking about, did the prophets talk about it? Well, if the prophets didn't talk about it, it's not what he is talking about. He's talking about all the things that the prophets talked about. Con, uh, and, and here he says, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. No, so he, he says, heaven must receive Jesus until the restoration of all things the prophets talked about since the world began. Well, I can't stand here and tell you what all the things are because that's a lot of things. That's a lot of things that the prophets talked about. And so he says there's going to be a restoration of all things that the prophets talked about. And then he says this. He says, until that time, Jesus will remain in heaven. Jesus will remain in heaven. Heaven must receive him until. See, heaven must embrace him and hang on to him and hold on to him until all these things, the restoration of all these things. Praise God. Now, the word must says, un, which heaven or whom heaven must receive. This word must, it, it literally means, uh, from the Greek, this word means it is necessary. It's necessary. It is necessary that heaven receive Jesus until the restoration of all things that the prophets talked about. And then the word receive, this word from the Greek, I'm not telling you what they are because you don't care. You don't care what the Greek word is, and I'll probably mispronounce it anyway. So, therefore, I'm just going to tell you what it means. This word from the Greek, receive, means accept, receive, or take. And then the word unto, or until. This word from the Greek carries with it the idea of terminus. Or in other words, there is, an, there is a termination of this. Uh, th this word indicates that there's a termination of what we're just talking about. That it's going to come to an end. And it will be terminated. Uh, you know, a, where we get our word terminal. And uh, a terminal, the bus terminal, 
this is where the bus route ends. It, it stops here. It comes to an end right here at the terminal. All right, so let's put this all together. Heaven, it was necessary that heaven receive Jesus, that heaven accept Jesus or take Jesus, and it was necessary that heaven takes Jesus until or until we reach the terminal. All right? Now, by, by the use of this word, and the reason I put those words together for you like that, I know you probably already understood that before I ever gave you the, the meaning of the words. Uh, you know, but here's what we need to understand. This is talking about not a date. Did you ever wonder why Jesus said that no one knows the day or the hour that he would come? Do you ever wonder why he said, why? He, he said, he doesn't even know. The only one knows is the Father. And he said, he said, I don't even know when this is. Yet we spend so much time trying to figure out when it is. Jesus said, I don't even know when it is. The reason he, you know, I, I've thought about why, why didn't Jesus know? You know, and the reason he doesn't know is because this terminal or this terminus is not a date. God doesn't have a calendar with this day written on it that says this is the day I'm going to send Jesus back. The terminus has something to do with what we do. The terminus has to do with the completion of an assignment. Do you, do you get that? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? This, this heaven must receive, it's necessary that heaven holds on to Jesus until, not until, you know, February 2021. No, heaven must receive of necessity, must take in Jesus, receive Jesus, hold on to Jesus until we complete the assignment he's given us to complete. And we, now God knows all things. God the Father, he sees down through time and he knows when we're going to complete the assignment. But we have something to say or something, we have, we have an impact on when we complete the assignment. In other words, if we get busy and get it done, we can get it done this afternoon. I've showed you this before. We can get the assignment done this afternoon. Why? Because statistics show that one-third of the earth's population professes to be Christian. Now, you know, we, we could discuss and argue about, 
you know, how true that is and, and, you know, how accurate those numbers are. But let's assume for our purposes right here that that is an accurate statement. That is an accurate statistic that one-third of the earth's population has made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, have, have received Jesus. That means there are two for every one that... For every one that has received Jesus, there are two that have not. So, with those numbers, if every Christian reaches two, that's all it takes. Every Christian reaches two. Then we have now reached the world, right? Everybody following my math here? It's really simple. Okay. If it wasn't, I couldn't do it. So, but it's really simple math. You know, one-third needs to reach two-thirds. So every, every Christian reaches two people. We could get that done this afternoon. So the terminus, now I'm not saying it's going to happen, because we've been saying this for a long, long time, and it hasn't happened. Uh, but, you know, let me just ask, you're the ones that are listening to my voice right now. I'm not preaching to every Christian in the world. I'm preaching to the ones that are hearing my voice right now. Have you reached your two? If you haven't reached your two, then you need to get busy. You've got two to reach. If you've reached your two... There's somebody else that's probably not going to reach any. So you could go ahead and help them get there too. But there is a terminus, there is a time, there is a, a, a point when we will have completed the assignment. I'm not saying everybody's going to receive Jesus, but everybody in the world needs to hear. Not everybody's going to accept it. We already know that. You know, the Bible makes that clear. Not everybody's going to accept Jesus as their Savior. But everybody needs to hear. Praise God. And so our assignment was to preach the gospel. Our assignment was not, what, what is our assignment? Our assignment is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Praise God. Now, not every creature is going to receive the gospel, but they need to hear so they have the opportunity to accept. Praise God. Now, heaven must receive Jesus until the terminus, until we finish the assignment, and all things are fulfilled. Praise God. Now, there, there's a lot more to that, which I don't really have time to go into this morning, but in Acts chapter 3, verse 22, goes on and it says, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren, whom you shall hear in all things. Who's he talking about? Moses is talking 
And Moses says that God's going to raise up a prophet like me from your brethren, and you shall hear him in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days, your sons, you are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Your seed being Christ. Paul makes that clear in his writings. His seed, which is Christ. Um, verse 26. To you first, God having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Now, in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. You can read it in verses 1 through 8. Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And he's up there, and it says that, that Moses and Elijah appeared there with Jesus. Peter gets all excited, and Peter says, Master, how about we build three tabernacles? We build one for Moses and one for Elijah and one for you. And, you know, it's good for us to be here. Now, what, did, what is Peter doing? He is putting Moses and Elijah and Jesus on the same level. Moses is symbolic of the law. Law came through Moses. Elijah is the prophet. So he's saying the law and the prophets. Who is Jesus? Jesus is grace. And Moses and Elijah and Jesus are there. Peter puts them all three on the same level. Let's build a tabernacle for all three of us. And the Bible says that a bright cloud came over them and, and, and just engulfed them. And a voice came out of the cloud, says, This is my beloved son. Hear him, not them. Said, Hear him. And then the cloud lifted, and Jesus is the only one left. The other two are gone. Hear him. Hear Jesus. Praise God. And so, you know, I, I want you to understand that we have a message of Jesus, and we need to influence this world with Jesus. We've been spending all of our time. Now, don't, don't get me wrong, you know, um, Some places, you know, they, they've taken down statues of the, or, or uh, the, they've taken down the Ten Commandments is what I was trying to say. They've taken down the, ten, they've removed the Ten Commandments from 
public view. You know, and, and in fact, how many think we should put back the Ten Commandments? Now, don't, don't answer that, okay, because I'm, I'm about to say something that you, uh, it might change your answer. You see, I don't believe that they need to put back the Ten Commandments. I believe they need to put John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, hear him. The Ten Commandments came through Moses. Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, and the voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son, hear him. Hear him. I'd rather they put back, you know, I mean, yes, I understand. It's okay. I, I wouldn't object if they want to put the Ten Commandments back. I would not object to that because that just shows an, uh, uh, an, an openness and a willingness to, to uh, hear things that relate to God, okay? So I, I'm, I'm not saying let's don't have the Ten Commandments, but I'm saying I would prefer John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, verse 17, but that the world through him might be saved. Praise God. Praise God. Now, if you're here today or if you're watching me online and you have never heard him when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. If you have never heard him when he said that he so loved you, that he went to the cross for you, when he said, no one comes to the Father but by me. You see, if you have never heard him, God is saying to you today, hear him. Praise God. You see, Jesus is in heaven. Heaven had to receive him and hold on to him but heaven will not hold on to him forever. And the church is going to get the job done. The church is going to finish the assignment, and we could finish it today. And say we are, but we could finish it. It's possible that we could finish the assignment today. I'm not so interested in the calendar as I am the commission. And the commission is that I get the message to you that God loves you and he wants you saved and he has done everything possible all he needs is your cooperation with what he has done praise God how do you cooperate with that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved praise God praise God so right now wherever you are I want you to pray this prayer with me. And if you pray this and you mean this from your heart, you, you actually mean what you say, then the Bible says you will be saved. So let's say this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for my sins so I could have new life. Today I choose Jesus. I put my trust in him.
to be my Lord and my Savior. And I receive the free gift of salvation, free to me, but cost him everything. I receive that gift. And I believe that right now, from this moment, I am saved. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross, for raising from the dead so I could have new life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. We value you, and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website, and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus, and I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us, and remember that God is madly in love 